Welcome to Stouts with My Spouse. I'm Carrie. And I'm Patrick. And this is Stouts with My Spouse, a weekly podcast where husband and wife catch up on our lives and enjoy a drink. Patrick, what are you drinking today, honey? So I got a bourbon barrel aged Imperial Neapolitan Milk Stout out of Sagatuck Brewing Company right here in good old Michigan. So while Patrick takes the first sip of the stout, for anybody who hasn't been to Sagatuck, Michigan, it's a very beautiful on the water. I think it's north of Kalamazoo, so it's on the west side of Michigan. It's beautiful. It's filled with art galleries and like a really cute downtown. And then there's some dunes there as well. When I was in college, my aunt and uncle took me there for the 4th of July, and it's a very fun place to be, so if you're not too far away. Yeah, it's a pretty place, too. Yeah. So what do you think of this drink? So it's uh, it's got a very, like, it's like Neapolitan, where you mix all the flavors together. There's a hint of chocolate, vanilla, and... It's got a little bit of a fruity aftertaste in it. Um, mixed all together, it's pretty good. Yeah, I hesitated when I was picking that brew out for you because Patrick is traditionally a, a fruit hater. He doesn't like any fruit besides green apples, which is so odd. Yeah, I'd rather eat vegetables than fruit. That's such a niche taste, mm -hmm. bud situation. But I saw also that it was bourbon barrel aged, and Patrick really enjoys stouts that are bourbon barrel aged. Yeah, I like a lot of breweries that we go to. They'll have like a bourbon barrel of the day or something like that. And that's kind of cool to try out. Or they'll like keep a, a barrel. Mm -hmm. and keep it for a year or something and then have a special release like the next winter or something yeah, of it. Really all it does is it just um, ups the alcohol content, but I think it, make, it makes it taste just a little bit more fuller. I don't know. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. Mm -hmm. So this week was pretty much exhausting. It was a squelcher here in mid-Michigan, and I'm very pale, and by nature, the hot sun just kind of wipes me out. It's hot and humid. I mean, you there are some days you walk out the front door, and you're just like, did I just walk through a cloud? Yeah, like, am I doing water aerobics mm -hmm. right now? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Dry heat doesn't take me out that bad. There's something about the humidity and the heat that is just not for me. You know, it was messing with both our bodies, allergies. My foot where I had surgery recently on was just swelling up. So I felt like I couldn't move so much. So the weekend we had, I mean, we had plans. We were going to do stuff. I went to the hardware store, got a door to put in. And I was like, as soon as I walked around Menards. I mean, I walked around the store probably three times for no good reason. When I got home, I was just like, I just had to put my foot up and I couldn't get really anything done. Like, we still have the door just chilling in our hallway. I was planning on putting that up same day we bought it. Yeah. 
But I don't want to focus on complaining because that could be really easy because this week was one of those weeks. But I feel ya. We had good times this week. I want an update. So a bunch of people texted me about the last episode about me peeing in my own backyard. First of all, our backyard is fenced very high. And I wanted to pee in my backyard. Sue me. But guess where the dog has not pooped at all? Where I peed. So hot tip out there, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, go out, go test it. If there's a spot you don't want your dog pooping or peeing, I mean, let us know if that works for you. Yeah. So I also was thinking about topics for this week's podcast and I over the weekend I was called a Karen by some of the neighborhood boys driving a golf cart around and for those of you who live in a ditch somewhere underground Karen was like a phrase that people use to refer to white women who are like let me speak to your manager about every little issue But now it's kind of turned into like a racist white woman who uses her power to make herself victimized. Let me tell you what I was wearing when I was called a Karen. I had denim, like cut off jorts. I had a orange Chewbacca shirt on. My hair was like tied in the back and I had a denim hat backwards cap on and I just was not giving any Karen vibes like I don't understand when the I know this is my first time hearing this yeah I'm what did you do to make them so mad well our daughter was right there and I was just sitting in our front porch and then these three like super white, fluffy blonde high school ish boys drove by in their golf cart and yelled at me, Karen. And I didn't say anything because my daughter was right there, but I just kind of looked at them like, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think I give off a Karen vibe. And I have like flaming red hair. And well, I didn't know redheads could be Karens, but like, what were you we even- have enough strife. But I'm, like, confused. They were driving around the golf cart. Did you yell at them? No, I was just sitting there. Our daughter was kind of dinking around in the driveway, and I was just sitting on our front porch. And then they drove back, and I could tell the one – there's always – in the group of kids, there's always one kid that's, like, a human being. Mm -hmm. He looked back at me, like, on their pass back and was like – he could tell he was like, wow, I shouldn't have said that to that lady. His eyes look like sympathetic, but there's always one kind, mature soul in a group of horrible teenagers that mm-hmm. like is too meek to say anything. But I didn't think much of it, but it was kind of like, what am I throwing off to you Yeah, that makes you think I'm a Karen, but That's weird. I, I was going to yell. I will punch you in your butt. I refrained because that's not the behavior that I'm about. That's not the time I'm on. (laughs) Probably. I mean, (laughs) 
Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, like, that's just so weird to me because it's weird. I can't think of you ever being the type of person that someone would say that. Yeah, I guess so. And I think they just thought they were being funny, but it's okay. I mean, if that's the worst thing I have to deal with in my life, it's fine. But I just, I don't know, little boys. Yeah. At least they're not driving around in the golf cart smashing. Uh, uh, yes, if that's like the mo- if that's like the most damaging thing that they're gonna do, that's chill. But yeah. I just kind of was like, uh, "Do you know who you're talking to?" <laughs> I would think that most Karens, quote unquote, have a way better manicured lawn than we do. And do not own Star Wars paraphernalia. I would just, I'm going out on a limb and saying that. Yeah. Anyway. Don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. My, my, my Karen uh, knowledge, I guess, is low. Well, and it's funny because one of my dearest friends, her name is Karen, and she couldn't be further from it. Like, the woman is, like, trilingual, has traveled the world helping refugees, just graduated law school, mm-hmm. is half Pakistani. <laughs> like, the opposite. Of yeah, the opposite, the opposite of a Karen. Super yeah. vo- vocal about civil rights. But, yeah. um, one so that was one thing that I wanted to share with you. But the other thing was, this week, I was reflecting on impressions of people and gut instincts of people and i thought of so many things to talk about on this number one i remember when you were working in direct marketing and you had to do a lot of interviewing um so patrick used to have this job where he would go to retail stores and sell products to people and these are not people asking to be sold to so I mean, you're not treated great. You're working crappy hours and you're making not a lot of money, but you're just, you know, entering the professional world and you're, and you just wanted to build experience in life, right? And get mm-hmm. connections and stuff. So, one of the things that you shared with me at the time, you said, when I'm interviewing people and I ask them, what is different about you or what sets you apart, most people answer that they're some version of the fact that they're really good at reading people. Like they can, they're a good judge of character or something like that. Yeah, to the point where you're just like, okay, so you're just like literally everyone else that thinks that they're way better than everyone else. Yeah, and you know, it was a good tip for me because I think I had probably used that in an interview. Because in the sense of like in marketing or sales or whatever, they would they're looking at it as um oh, I've got a good sense of character. Like that person walks in, they're going to buy something. Oh, that person, they're in a rush. I'm not going to talk to them. We're in this. It was literally if somebody walked by, you're like getting in trouble. You got to talk to everyone that goes by because you don't know if that person that's running by needs the product or you know would like it so you literally talk to everyone and if that person that's in a crazy big rush nine times out of ten yeah they are going to run by you but nine times out of ten literally everyone is going to say no to you right well 
I think that it's interesting that so many people think that they can be such a good judge of character or read a situation when Malcolm Gladwell, sorry, let me adjust my quarter zip sweatshirt before Patrick loses his mind. Sorry if the audio reflects the zipper. Anyways. What did you just take out of my hands because I wasn't making a noise? Patrick, the zipper was bothering my flesh. That's why I moved it. <laughs> Patrick has been playing with a bottle opener the entire time. And it's like flickering in my peripheral vision. But anyway, so everyone thinks that they like have everybody figured out, which is interesting. And so I was thinking about that more. And Malcolm Gladwell just wrote a book on it. And I'm not a scholar. I don't know what it's called, but basically it debunks that theory stating that everyone thinks that they're really good at sussing out a person and understanding if they're a good person or not a good person. But what we lack are the connectivity skills that are actually engaging with a person in dialogue, et cetera, and determining whether or not they are a good person or not. What do they say? It take how many it takes years to get to know somebody, not a matter of like a couple minutes. We change and evolve and there's ebbs and flows and I don't know. I so I used to always think that I could judge someone really well, but not so much anymore. If I meet someone and I recognize that there's a feeling in me that I don't like, I know that whatever it is, my body is like, maybe somebody in my past had acted like that and they weren't like a good person or, you know, or maybe something in me is unsettled or maybe I'm just like gassy or something. I don't know. (laughs) I like, I realize that like people's energy that they throw off, it does kind of affect me more than it's like a reflection on them. Yeah. I mean, first impressions are important and sometimes your first impression isn't always your, I don't want to say your fault, but the vibe that you're giving out at that period of time may be skewed by the person that's intaking that vibe. So if you come on to somebody super strong and they're, like they're just not in that place or they're just coming off. Like it's just like a morning person versus a night person. The typical, uh-huh. like, you know, me, I wake up in the morning. I'm just like, don't talk to me before I have a cup of coffee. So nobody's making friends with you in the morning. Yeah. But you come in, you talk to me at like midnight and I'm just like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Whereas for you, you might be like, it's after eight o'clock. Excuse me. Yeah, I did just tell my dad in a group chat. <laughs> this was funny. That you're not to address me past 8 p.m. Not that I'm necessarily asleep, but I'm usually doing some sort of yoga or reading or journaling or watching private practice, and I cannot be disturbed. Yeah, you're, you're winding down for the day after 8 o'clock for sure. Yes, because I just go so hard that 8 o'clock comes, and I need to unwind before I go to bed. So Malcolm Gladwell says that basically we all think we know everybody, but we don't. But I was thinking about it as well. I feel like I want, I don't even know how you would study this because I'm no psychologist, but I want a similar study or like some sort of reflection piece on 
a child's intuition because I look back in retrospect when I was thinking about this and the most accurate I was on whether or not somebody was a good or bad person was really in my adolescence. Like when I was a little bit more innocent, I guess. I look back and there's these people, adults in my life, whether it be like coaches or teachers or classmates, parents, or people at church's parents. There was always people when I was a kid that I would just be like, I don't like them. Like there's something about them. I don't like them. And then like years later, because we're all on social media and everyone can share their opinions so freely, I'm like, I'll open up their page and I'll be like, or somebody, I I won't even be friends with these people, but like somebody I know will like tell me the nasty things that this person who was an adult in our lives was saying on Facebook. Dang, 12 year old me was really like with it. I was like, no, I was dead on. And there's a reason why like, I didn't want to work hard for you or I didn't want to be on your team is because like, you're actually a monster. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if I really ever felt that way, but I'm also the type of person that, I mean, I don't want to say I'm clueless. You are I, not clueless. But I'm not, I don't have that that you have for sure. Like you you say, like you instantly know, you're like, I, I got a bad feeling or I'm, I'm not, not so sure. And then like you tell me and then I think about it for a minute and I'm just like, okay, yeah, I can definitely understand where you're coming from on that. But my first instinct is not really ever that. I feel like it has gotten more as I've gotten older. Well, as a parent too, well, you yeah, just have parent, to have. You're just heightened like but, red flags of people. Yeah, as a kid, I'm like I don't know. I off the top of my head, I can't really think of anyone. Um, and it's not like these are like horrible criminal people. It's no. just I think that they are maybe nasty and have some hatred in their heart. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like their actions, their words and deeds present day affirms the fact that I'm like, okay, I was not crazy when I was 10 years old. And I just thought that you were an awful weird person, but it made me think, I wonder if a child's intuition is a little bit sharper and a little, because it really doesn't have as much bias to it. I don't know. Well, it'd be interesting to see, like, different, like, what about children in, like, different situations, different areas? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, we just, you just watched um, Shameless, like. You've got those kids there. They had to like to survive. They had to have, I mean, I know that it's a TV show, but in every show, every stereotype, anything like that, there comes some truth. Right. So those kids to survive and to thrive, they had to have, I mean, if I was in that situation as a kid, I would have like just been in the fetal position the entire time. I wouldn't know what to do. I would have adapted obviously, but right. I can't like look back at little Patrick and yeah, I don't know too. Like there are some people that you're just not going to connect with. And I, that's not really what I'm talking about. I think there's something there 
that needs a little bit more unearthing on our end. How do we listen to children's intuition? Because they're a little less filtered by crap than us. Theirs is a little bit more instinctive, I would say, versus having uh, prejudice or bias. And I kind of grew up where it was like adults are the authority figures, respect adults. And I get that, some of that. I understand that there's value in authority, but at the same token, I think that there's something there. There's something to... As a kid, I think that you need to know what's right and what's wrong. And we, you need to know when... Well, like, not even that. I'm talking about, like, if we are ever going to be out of the global pandemic and we are engaging socially with people and we can visibly tell that our daughter is just not about a person or seems a little scared, I think that would disqualify that person from my life. I mean, it would definitely skew our opinion. We, it would have to be someone that we were like, hey, like we'd really have to talk with our daughter and see what's what's scary or to her or whatever. Because, I mean, if it's if it's just their vibe, but let's say, I mean, I can't think it of anyone. It could be a beard but, that she, or yeah, something. Like, like if it was something like, oh, I haven't seen somebody that, like let's say I can't think of anyone, but like let's say we had a friend that had like a really bad scar or something like that. Then oh, yeah. you talk with them and you so it's not that. It's not like the the oh hey, that person they look scary, but they I mean They might look different. Yeah. But when it's they're not looking different and they're we need to talk to her about how people look different and yeah, and, have well, different beliefs and appear that's what differently. I was, that's why I was trying to say, like, you, you have to know what's good and what's, um, I mean, what's bad and what's good. Because as, as an, I don't want our daughter to, like, be like, oh, an adult, I don't ever have to listen to them. Because most of the time, adults are going to be looking out for your interest or looking out for you. Because... Let's say that she's out in our front lawn and there's somebody walking by and a ball goes, one of her balls runs it into the road and she's chasing after it. That adult, by all means, stop her. Yeah. But if, like, that adult comes along and says, hey, come and get in my van, I've got candy, obviously well, no Pat, to that. I feel like you're describing two very polar opposite I, that's, situations. I mean, I am saying two totally different, but there's, it comes that gray area where it's like in between those. Those are, that's t- obviously two totally different scenarios. No, I'm saying pain. that you have to know. So to get off on a lighter note. <laughs> well, I didn't want to turn this all into like, I don't mean the extreme stuff. I mean that very seriously, people's energy affects you. So someone can be not a threat to your physical safety, but they can still be negative, spirited, 
but they can appear with all the trappings of like a fabulous personality and everything. And they can have a smoke show for you with like jokes and things. They can be a totally functioning person, but if they have a negative spirit within them, if they're joking and they're always putting you down or putting someone else down, that's not, those are not the type of people I want to be around. And I think our daughter very naturally is repelled by that sort of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And she doesn't like it when people tease. She's just not into it. So I think it's a balance between teaching the rules and structure and discipline, but figuring out how to validate opinions and instinct without being like, here, run free and tell all the adults to go stick it where the sun don't shine. I was trying to make it not as graphic is what I was thinking, but there's something there. And I think as parents, that's obviously something that we need to have an open dialogue about. Yeah. So on a, on a lighter note, we record these in our bedroom and last week at some point, Carrie had changed the picture at the uh, foot of our bed. And it's a picture that used to be in the hallway and I noticed it a couple days after you had done it. And then after looking at it for, I don't know, a couple seconds, long enough that, you know, I was analyzing the picture, I realized, wait, that's not the same picture that was here before. And then today we had our, I had my daughter in here and she had the exact same reaction. She's like, wait a minute. Why is that not in the hallway? Like she was all concerned. How did it move? And you're like, I, I moved it. <laughs> and she was like, oh. But it belongs in the hallway and you had to explain to her, no, I wanted it in our room because I think that it looks better in yeah. here. I want to see it all the time. But right. she's very concerned. And I just thought it was kind of funny that we had the same exact reactions where me, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at Nearly it. Nearly 30. Our daughter, that's almost three, has the exact same, wait a minute, that was in the hallway. Why is it in here? Yeah. Uh... <sighs> You're just cracking open the minds, aren't mm-hmm. you, honey? It was mind explosion. I mean, I, I think we would be remiss not to touch on sports. I know weekly we usually have a little topic about sports, but this week teams are boycotting due to police brutality. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? So I've I've listened to some interviews from different people, and I've watched their videos or their um, read their statements. And I thought they're protesting against the police brutality, basically just how um, as a black person, you're basically judged in a different way. And I'm not going to get all in into it because if, if you haven't heard anything, or don't, you don't know anything, then like open up your computer, look at your phone, look at Facebook and don't just like actually look into it. Don't but, get defensive. Try to learn. Yeah. I Chris Paul put out cuz they're they're going to start the uh the season up again. They're going to start playing basketball again. And T had mentioned that um people are drained and I didn't read his whole entire statement, but I was like that I mean, it would be draining. I mean, you literally just put everything on pause. What do you mean people are drained? Because you literally, you just made 
pretty big stands. You literally didn't. I don't know what the NBA would have done, but the Bucks they they boycotted the game. They didn't come out. That really could have been viewed as a forfeit, and they lost the game. I mean, that was a big step that they took in that direction. But it wasn't so much the fact that they boycotted it, but teams across the the nation, it wasn't just that they boycotted, but listening to others, they had meetings. It wasn't just like, hey, a couple of us aren't, we're not doing this, spread the word. It was, no, they had meetings and they discussed. I uh, was listening to the Pat McAfee show. Honey, I'm going to stop you really quick and I'm going to revisit. You said that people are drained and then you went on to discuss people. Oh, Boy, he God. was... People are drained, which I'm guessing is that the players, it must, the players are drained and I would Emotionally. say... And I would say that people of color must be very drained seeing all these images on the news of people who look like them being brutalized. Yeah. So the players are drained by this and playing the stress of playing in a pandemic. Is that what you're saying? Yes. But I was getting to, so in the NFL, the the Pat McAfee show today, they interviewed the GM of the Chargers and they had mentioned how they didn't practice one day and instead they took an hour to discuss and just basically kind of like testimonials like, hey, this is what happened. And he said that it got very emotional because, I mean, you're literally talking about people's lives. I'm assuming I didn't watch this, but I'm assuming that not only are you talking about your life, that's one thing to say, like, oh, I had this, but it's another thing to say this person that I care about because you can, I mean, looking at it from me, I care about myself, but you hurt somebody that's close to me. You hurt someone on my, my family or any of my close friends, and I'm going to be furious and it's going to stir up some emotions in me. And they took time, and this is in the NFL, and I know that this happened in the NBA too, where they've been in a bubble. So they haven't had this time to emotionally release because they've been stuck. And so you have all these times where you're emotionally releasing these stories, talking. Because how often do we just talk and stuff comes up? Yeah. And it can be really hard. And it's one of those things that it doesn't, just go away. You can't just play. So I'm actually curious to see. I feel like some players will probably come out and almost be invigorated by this because you have all this stuff on your heart. It's like the people that have um, lost a loved one or something like that days before a big game or whatever, and then they play amazing. But then after they just crumble. Yeah. Like, I mean, everyone just watched the Michael Jordan documentary. What happened after he won, after his dad had been killed? You see him in the in the locker room and he just literally crumbles. Like, he's done. Like, he did everything that he could and now his dad's not there and he just, he just see that emotion. And obviously this is a, a little bit different, but... It's still someone, people are losing their lives. Yeah, and there's so much unrest. But for me, I take issue with people and news commentators saying that these players don't have the right to do what they're doing. They absolutely have the right. 
people also try to say, oh, you have all this money, you don't deserve to complain, and you get to play basketball for a career. Well, here's the thing. Money doesn't make you happy. There are plenty of studies that say up to a certain level, money gives you more security and does make you happier. But like after that point, it certainly doesn't make you happier. Mm -hmm. And two, if these players don't have the autonomy to do what they feel is morally correct, then what type of world are we living in? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind of like, this is kind of related, but I always feel like we get so revved up and people are screaming at TV, especially with college sports. And you look back and you're like, those kids are 19. Max. Yeah. And professional basketball players are usually younger. And -hmm. these are just young men who are trying to use the power that they have to make their opinion and voices known. And aren't we all using the power, the little powers that we have within our own lives? Aren't we all utilizing different channels of our power to make our opinions known? And certainly if I was playing on a national stage that people cared a lot about and I felt passionate about something, I would utilize that platform to make known something very important to me. And I think it's just very dehumanizing for reporters to say that these players don't deserve to or that whole shut up and dribble stuff. It's it's all people that aren't even fan of a fan of basketball. Right. The fact that all the sports are doing it, though, I literally saw someone go, well, that's just basketball. And then they commented later. Well, now the ho- now hockey's doing it. What am I going to do? Like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry that your toes got stepped on there, sir. I guess the next sport you're going to have to watch is grass growing. Yeah. Have fun with that, bucko. Yeah. And really, you need to maybe look at your life. Mm-hmm. So as much as we do miss live sports in general, you and I, I think we can make do because we understand the importance behind actions, mm-hmm. you know? I would much rather know that, you know, things are right with humanity and not have sports. Yeah. And by right with humanity is literally just people treating people like they're people, not that they're animals or that they're, you know, the worst thing ever. I yeah. Think. I mean, literally people look at people as like a threat yeah. instead of a person who maybe has a family, you know, at home. You and I are always learning more. I would hope some real change comes and some comfort can come from this. I don't know what that looks like. It's just sad that just now that the NFL comes out and says, like, oh, we probably should have talked to Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, think. Yeah, because we talked about how very quickly his one protest kneeling, it became through the media weaponized, and all of a sudden it turned into a disrespect for the military and a disrespect of patriotism. Mm -hmm. Because that is like 
the messaging that was pumping through the very conservative media. Yeah, because if you're one of those people that boycotted the NFL, well, I'm sorry, go ahead and boycott all sports. You and I discussed this. It's not like this man, it's not like he took his jock and like made poop bullets and like (laughs) flung them at people as the national anthem was he he, respectfully kneeled he did research he asked like how do i do this without because at first he was sitting and that can i mean you're sitting but no he took a kneel so he's still respecting he's just like hey i'm doing this a little bit different yeah i felt like we took a knee in sports when another opponent was hurt so like i didn't know if that had something to do with it but I just feel like overnight it was turned into this all-out beratement of this man. There's an opportunity for nuance and conversation that if people are willing and able and open to it, like come to the table because I'm certainly not perfect and will never claim to be. It's just a matter of fact of do you respect the flag more or do you respect a human? This is the portion of the episode where Patrick and I recognize a good quality in one another or take a chance to say thank you. This week was so hectic and crazy that I'm just going to say, Patrick, thank you for cooking dinner after we were done with work today. I did cook dinner. And it was good. It was just a great, like, Wow, one thing I don't have to worry about because this week was an ambush. I am very thankful for you because, as I stated before, I last weekend I had plans and my foot and just really everything just kind of shut me down. And you noticed that, yes, I was in physical pain, but I also was just so frustrated. And I feel like you really helped me that you're just like it's okay like don't be frustrated because i don't want to be the person that just sits around but that's really all i could do physically at that time and it kind of messed with me mentally but you were a good person and you encouraged me so that was really nice of you oh thanks honey mm-hmm. i love you goodbye love you, love you goodbye